Hey, what's going on, guys? Stay tuned for the conclusion of our latest episode of Revelation chapter 21, New Jerusalem, today, here on the Last Things Podcast. Let's keep going. Let's look at verse 18. The wall was made of jasper and the city was pure gold as clear as glass. Now, let's go back to verse 11. Look at verse 11. What does it say? When New Jerusalem came down out of heaven, what does it say? It shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone. Like what? Jasper as clear as crystal. And then we go down to verse 18. This is why it's shining like Jasper. The wall was made of Jasper and the city was pure gold as clear as glass. You see that? Now, here's the thing about gold. We have in here, there's different, when we talk about gold, when we think about gold, what do we think about? We think about carrots. Now, a carrot, did I write it down? Yeah, a carrot is the measurement of purity of gold mixed with other metals. Now, here in the U.S., we have 10 carat, 14 carat, and we have 24 carat. However, some other countries have a 9 carat and they have an 8 carat, right? So the lower the carat, the lower the purity of gold. So when you go eight, when you go eight carat, yeah, it's got gold in it, but it's got some other metals mixed in with it. So the higher you go up in carats, the more gold you have with less, uh, less of the other metals that are mixed in with it. Now, so 24 carat is what? 24 carat is pure gold. There's nothing mixed in with it. So if we look at verse 18, where it says the city was pure gold as clear as glass, we're talking about what? 24 karat gold. Nothing but pure, solid gold. You see that? Now let's look at now. Let's look at verse 19. The wall of the city was built on foundation stones inlaid with 12 precious stones. So the wall of the city, we talked about the gates. And we talked about the 12 foundation stones. Now we have the wall and it's built on 12 foundation stones. So we're right back to those foundation stones that were described earlier, right? That we described in verse 14. So we're right back to them. Now, basically what's happening is John gave a brief description of it earlier. But now as you go further down, he's going more in detail with everything. Okay. So now we're back to the wall that was built with the foundation stones. And what happened and what did verse uh, 14 say? They what was written on them? The names of the 12 apostles of the lamb. OK, now he's describing them in further detail. Look, the wall, verse 19, the wall of the city was built on foundation stones 
inlaid with 12 precious stones. The first was Jasper, the second Sapphire, the third Agate, the fourth Emerald, the verse, uh, verse 20, the fifth Onyx, the sixth Carnelian, the seventh Chrysolite, the eighth Beryl, the ninth Topaz, the tenth Chrysophis, the eleventh Jacinth, the twelfth Amethyst. I think I'm saying it right. So we see that. You see those jewels. The twelve, they were the twelve foundation stones. Each one has a jewel on, has a jewel that's attached. Look at the first one. The first one is what? Jasper. Now, let's let's look. So if let's listen, let's go back to Ephesians 2 and 20. Let's go back to that again. Let's go back to that. Look what it says. We are built on the foundations of who? The apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself, right? So we're built on the foundation of the apostles, right? So look at what it says. The 12 precious stones. Who will each stone be? Each stone will be represented by what? An apostle. We don't know which ones. We just, I'm just saying they're represented by an apostle. However, what did it say? Jesus is who? Jesus is the cornerstone. He's the cornerstone, right? Look at Revelation chapter 4, verse 3. I want to go back to Revelation chapter 4, verse 3. This is when John first got to heaven, right? Verse 3, this is what it said. Look. Instantly, I was in the spirit. And I saw a throne in heaven. And he saw what? Someone sitting on it. The one sitting on the throne was brilliant as gemstones. Like what? Jasper and Carnelian. Did you hear that? He said the one sitting on the throne was like Jasper. Ephesians 2 and 20 says what? Christ is the cornerstone. Now, and if we look at Revelation 19, the wall was made of Jasper. And the wall was sitting on what? 12 foundation stones. And what was the first stone? It, 12 foundation stones. The wall was made of what? Jasper. Jesus is the cornerstone. So the wall would, so in, in essence, they're describing what New Jerusalem is looking like. The wall is made of what? Jasper. What did, G, what did John say? Jesus looked like Jasper. He said he, he was shining like Jasper. And then look, the 12 precious, the, first, the 12 precious stones. And, and who are they represented by? The 12 apostles. Do you see how all of this ties together? You see how Ephesians, they were describing it and you really couldn't understand. And if you never really made a correlation to it, you would never noticed it until now. But Ephesians 2 and 20, you're seeing what they talked about in Ephesians 2 and 20 right here in Revelation chapter 21. You're perfectly seeing it. Okay. Now let's keep going. Verse 21. The 12 gates were made of 12 pearls, each gate from a single pearl. Now, remember, the gates is 1,400 to 1,500 miles, miles in total. Length times the width times the height. And look at what it says. The 12, each, the 12 gates were made of pearls. Each gate from what? A single pearl. So that means these pearls have got to be about what? Total 4,500 miles big. The gates. 
you know how how people have always said in the old times they always said entering into the pearly gates i think this is where they would get it from right here in revelation that is just wow can you imagine a pearl being that big 4500 miles big wow wow and then look at verse 21 and the main street was what pure gold as clear as glass what does that mean pure gold for us it's what 24 carats he said pure gold as clear as glass wow just just how beautiful new jerusalem is is just so amazing now let's go. Let's get here to verse 22. I saw no temple in the city for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Now, this is very big because if you've gone back in the Old Testament, God never dealt with man directly. You know, he, he always had like Moses had a tabernacle built for God's presence to be in. And remember, only the Levites could deal with that. And that was within the Ark of the Covenant. Only the Levites could touch it. They were the only ones. Nobody else could. Right. And then Solomon built the first temple for God to dwell in. Right. Well, now here in 21, John said within the city of New Jerusalem, there's no temple in the city. There's nowhere for the presence of God to be. God is not. There's no temple. But look what John says for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. So what does that mean? God and Christ are walking, are free, moving around in New Jerusalem. God, remember early in Scripture. Remember, go, go. Uh, let, look at. Let's go back to verse three real quick. Look at verse three. Verse three. This is what it says. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. And now we scroll down to verse 22. John said, there's no temple for the Lord God almighty and the lamb are its temple. So what is he saying? God and Christ are God and Christ are there themselves. Meaning they are walking around free with free, free, free flowing, walking around in New Jerusalem. No longer does there need to be a middle person. It, let's say I was in New Jerusalem and I was just doing something. I, I, I was doing something. And all of a sudden I see God walking. God walks by me. Can you imagine how that how that can you imagine it being somewhere and you're like, oh, my, that's the great God, Jehovah. Oh, wow. Look, he just walked by. Or let's do or look, there's Jesus, the son of the most high God. Walking, my goodness. And guess what? You could walk up to him and have a conversation. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. You could walk up to God and have a conversation with him. Can you imagine that? Being inside a new Jerusalem, watching God and Christ walking around. And you could walk up to both of them and you could have a conversation with them. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. 
Oh, wow. That is just, oh, man, let me, let's keep going. Let's keep going, man. Let's keep going. Verse 23, and the city has no need of sun or moon for the glory of God illuminates the city and the lamb its light. Remember early, remember in Genesis, what did God say? God said, verse two, God's Genesis one and three. God said, what? Let God said, let there be light. Now, do we see God illuminates the city and the lamb its light? So God and Christ are the lights for New Jerusalem. Now, remember, God and Christ created the sun and the moon and the stars. Here we go. I'm getting ready. Here we go. Get ready to mess with y'all. You know, there's a lot of people that say that, that deny who Jesus is. But you do realize Jesus was there in the beginning of creation. Jesus was there. How do we know that? Go to John chapter one. Let's go to John chapter one. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word what was God? He existed in the beginning with God. Verse three, God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. You see that? John said Christ was there with God in the beginning. Genesis said, Genesis 1 and 3, God said, let there be, and it was light. Let there be light, and it was light. God spoke the word, and light came. John said the word was with God. The word was God. The word in the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. So do you see that? Christ was with God. When he created everything in, in the beginning. So we see here, just as Christ, just as God created the lights with Christ through Christ, they don't need no lights now because it says God and the lamb are its lights. And look at verse 23. The city had no need of the sun or the moon. Now, that's very key. Why? Because earlier in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus told them, verse 29, right before he returns, what does it say? Verse 29, immediately after the anguish of those days, the tribulation, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then at last, verse 30, the sign that the son of man is coming will appear in the heavens and there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth. And they will see the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Did you see that? This is talking about his. This is talking about Jesus talking about his second coming. But do you see here? The sun is, uh, is darkened. The moon's not going to give any light. The sun and the moon are not shining when Christ returns. However, here in Revelation chapter 23, there's even no need for no sun or no moon. We don't need the sun and we don't need the moon. God is illuminating the city and the lamb its light. Now, let's go to verse 24. The nations will walk in its light and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. But I, hey, let's go back to verse uh, 23 real quick. Now. This is a key. This is something that I wrote down that I'm just looking at my notes. The city is thousands of miles big, but God and Christ 
are illuminating the entire city. Man, can you imagine? Can you imagine that? They're illuminating New Jerusalem. And New Jerusalem is thousands of miles big. Just wow. I, I mean, just amazing. Just amazing. And then look, Isaiah 66 and 1. This is the scripture where I always say, I said this before. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. I'm going to stop right there. God said heaven was his throne and what the earth is his footstool. Now, if you look as big as New Jerusalem is, thousands of miles big, God and Christ themselves are illuminating the entire city. Can you imagine how big God and Christ must be in order to be illuminating the entire city? Physically, they got to be huge. That is just, oh, my goodness, man. That's just why I'm, I'm just like so blown away by a lot of the when you really sit back and think about all the things that John is seeing and he's describing it. And we're and thinking about it now in our time. It just is like, wow, I just I can't imagine that. But John is saying this. And remember what the angel said. The angel say this is faithful and true. The angel said you can bank on this. All of this is true. Wow. Let's keep going. OK. Let's go to verse 20. Look at verse 24. The nations will walk in its light. Who are the nations? Now, so let's let's do this here. Who are the nations? Nations we know are different people, right? So who's in? So look at what it says. The nations will. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm in verse 24. The nations will walk in its light. So who are the nations? The nations. This is a, my opinion. Okay. The nations are made up of the people who made it through the tribulation period. Those are the people who did not die, who made it through the tribulation period. They didn't die. And what's going to happen is, of course, and this is just my opinion, they are going to repopulate the earth. Why do I say that? Because look, look what it says. The kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Meaning the leaders at that time are going to enter into New Jerusalem. And one translation put it in a way is like they're going to go in and praise. And I said, I think it said they're going to bring their glory and honor into the city. Meaning what? They're going to praise and worship. That's what they're bringing in. So in essence, it sounds to me like they're going to have church service. The church they're going to is New Jerusalem. And they're going to have church service in New Jerusalem when they go. That's just my opinion. That's just what it sounds like to me. Okay. Now, look at verse 25. Its gates will never close, will never be closed at the end of day because there is no night there. That was something I was going to bring up earlier and I forgot about it, but I'm seeing it here. There's no nighttime. Why? Because Christ and God themselves are illuminating the city. So there's no nighttime. There's no night at all, no darkness. Its gates will never close. You know, back in the day, people always left their doors open because the times were different. But now you can't you can't afford to do that. You cannot afford to leave your gates open because somebody could easily run in, rob you 
or hurt you or do worse. Man, years ago, um, I was living with my parents at the time and I come home from work at night and I think, I don't know, I think my dad had walked outside in the garage. Excuse me. I think he was working on something and um, he came in. So I was in my room at the time. So once he came in, I, I assumed that, you know, I assumed he was he was in for the night, you know, so everybody in. You know, we close, we we shut down, close the light, it should turn the lights off, and everybody goes in their room. I, I go in my room, close my door, I get in the bed, and I go to sleep, right? So I get up the next morning, and you know what I found out? The garage door was up all night long. We, when I found out about, I found out because my mom had told me when I got up the next morning, because I, you know, at that time, I would walk her out the car, because she would park outside, and I think she was parking she was parking in the garage. So I will walk her out to the garage so she can go on, on to work from there and then let the door and then let the door down as she uh pulled out. But the garage door was up all night. We were all sleeping in our beds and the garage door was up all night long. And we lived in Missouri City. We lived in Mo City. Somebody could have easily came in. But oh, boy, see, but this is where the grace of God came in because he had mercy on us. Because nothing happened. Nothing was stolen out of our house. Everything was fine. But it just goes to show if it hadn't been for God watching over and protecting us, we somebody could have came in that house and killed all of us. And no one would ever even and, and we wouldn't have known nothing because we were all asleep. The door was up all night long. And we were all in the room sleep. Somebody could have easily walked. And we didn't have no alarms on the house. So you could walk right in through the garage door. Ain't no alarm going off or nothing. We would never know it. We would never know. But if it, it but it, but I tell you, boy, I thank God for watching over us that night. Because something could easily happen. So we, you know, so we living in times where we can't leave our doors open. We can't leave our doors open. We can't leave them unlocked because we don't know what's going to happen. Not at all. But we see here in Revelation chapter uh, 25, uh, 21, verse 25, the gates of New Jerusalem never going to close because there's never going to be no night. So you, you ain't got nothing to worry about. Those pe the people inside of New Jerusalem, the bride, she ain't going to have nothing to worry about. Not nothing because there's not going to be any nighttime. So it's not going to, it's everything that can, you're going to be able to see everything. And she's still going to be protected, but you'll be able to see everything. And look, and look, verse 26, and all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. It goes back to what we talked about earlier in verse 24, the kings of the world will enter the city and all their glory. And now we see Excuse me, verse 26, the nations will give bring their glory and honor in the city, meaning what the leaders are going to go in praising God. And now the people on the earth at the time are going to go in praising God. Now, this is just my opinion. Now. I, I want to look at verse I want. Let's let's close out verse 27. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's your boy, Damien. Listen, I want to interrupt this episode for a quick minute. Um, I was about to go over verse 27. 
of Revelation chapter 21, but I took that verse out of context originally. This is why it's important to pray and ask God, ask the Holy Spirit to give you revelation. Pray and ask God to give you revelation concerning his word before you read your Bible, because you could be reading something, you'll look at it and assume one thing, but then the Holy Spirit will speak to you and tell you, oh no, that's not right. This is what this scripture really means. So let's do this. Let's look at verse 27 real quick. This is what it says. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, on the surface, this is talking about New Jerusalem, right? This is the this is what he's saying. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter New Jerusalem. God had this issue with the Garden of Eden. Remember, Satan was able to walk freely in the Garden of Eden. Satan came and that's how Adam and Eve fell through Satan's temptation of them, right? So God is saying now with this city, nothing evil is going to be allowed to enter. Okay. Now, and then look what he says. He says, anyone who practices shameful idolatry, and dishonesty. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, right? Now, if you go to verse 8, he he tells you what happens to those who are idol worshipers and who practice dishonesty or liars. What happens to them? They're thrown in the lake of fire, that part of the second death. But not only them, but also cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, Nothing evil. Right. So verse eight really is a fur, really goes in depth more about nothing evil will be allowed. What's evil in God's eyes and shameful idolatry, idol worshipers and dishonesty, liars. What happens to all of them? They're all thrown into the lake of fire. That's the second death. Right. That's the great white throne judgment. If you want to research that, look at Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15. And there's an episode titled The Great White Throne Judgment. I'm not sure what number it is, but go back and listen to that episode if you want to know more information about the great white throne judgment. But here in verse 27, this is a call for salvation. Remember, Revelation is a letter written to who? The churches. God is speaking. Jesus is giving, is telling John, the angel is telling John, write down what you see and what he tells them. After you write it down, remember, he tells them, deliver it to the seven churches. That's what, that's what Revelation chapter one was about. So this is a warning to those, to the churches. If your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, you will not be able to enter New Jerusalem. And if your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life during this time, what will happen to you? Verse eight tells you what happens. You'll be thrown into the lake of fire. And who's there in the lake of fire? Satan, the false prophet, the antichrist, death, all death, Hades or the grave, as it's called. All of those who practice witchcraft, all of those cowards, immorals, everything evil will be thrown into the lake of fire. So after um, after the great white throne judgment, there is no evil on the earth. All of the sin has been eradicated. <clears throat> the earth is now purified. This is it, it brings so much clarity into what Jesus say. He that is in Christ is a new creature. All things pass away and all things are made new. The earth is now under Christ. 
So the what happens? The old earth passed away. And what happens? The earth is made new. Ooh, man. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. So anyway, that's what I want to talk about with verse 27. It's a warning to us who are reading this. If your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, you will not experience New Jerusalem. You will not be in the city. You will not be able to experience it. And if your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, what happens to you? You'll be thrown into the lake of fire. This is all about a sound. This is a call to salvation. That's all it is. A call to salvation. Okay. So I wanted to interrupt right here to bring down what verse 27 really means. Okay. So that's all I wanted to do. Just bring that and bring that in because I got the wrong understanding of it. So I wanted to edit this video to put the right understanding of verse 27 in there. Okay. Love you guys. Let's get back to the episode. And look at what it says. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter. Why is he saying that? Because God, God did this once before. Remember in the garden? Who was in the garden? Adam and Eve. But who showed up? Satan showed up in the form of a serpent. Satan showed up. So God is saying, okay, I let, I let Satan show up this time. I, Satan showed up in the garden of Eden. And that's why I had the problem that I had. This time around, now that I'm doing this, oh, I'm not going to have that problem because I'm going to let it be known. Nothing evil will enter in here. I will not have an Adam and Eve problem again. That's just my opinion of what God is saying. He said, I'm not going to have that problem. So this time, nothing evil will just be able to come in here, period. I mean, that is just wow. But that's just my opinion, whether or not it's true or not. I don't know. That's just my opinion of what I believe from my interpretation of what I'm reading. You might have something, a different opinion than I do, and that is totally fine. Amen. Amen. So, guys, that is it. We are done with Revelation chapter 21. That's the lesson for today. I mean, just listening to how New Jerusalem is described is just wow. Wow. And, and it's such a perfect segue as we... um. Offer salvation. Why? Because if you've given your life to the Lord, yeah, you probably have had a you you probably have had a hard life. You've had things happen to you that you didn't count on. Probably been lied on, cheated, talked about, ridiculed. You've had things happen to you. But here, Christ is saying, "You give your life to me, and this is what you have to look forward to. You will not experience a second death like everybody like others will." As he said, they'll be thrown into the lake of fire for all eternity, burning for all eternity. Whereas you, you're going to literally spend all eternity literally with the father. You're going to be in a place where God and Christ themselves will be walking around freely. And you could walk up to God and ask him anything you want. And guess what? God will not look, look down on you. He won't treat you any kind of way. You could... I'm pretty sure Christ will be doing some. That's just my opinion. I believe Christ himself will be doing some kind of teaching or he'll be doing something. You could walk around and be with Christ as long as you want to. And guess what? Nobody could stop you. Who would not want to live like that? But in order to get to that, you got to live for him here. That's why the Bible said, don't 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 don't. If the world is doing one thing, you do. You do the polar opposite of the world. You've been called out of darkness. 
God is trying to call you out of darkness. Don't be, be separated. That's why God says, be ye holy for I am holy. What the world is doing, the world is doing its own thing. But God is calling you out. You supposed to, you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the earth. God is calling you. He's calling you. You know, my brother said this one time. He said, I got to get myself together because I want to be a general in God's army. And I firmly believe in this season, God is calling all of his army, all of his generals, all his soldiers to the battlefield because time is winding down. And we got to get out here and save as many souls as we can. Why? Because Jesus is coming. And as I keep saying it, I keep saying, I've been saying it for years, and I'm going to continue to say it. Jesus is coming sooner rather than later. The question is, are you going to be ready when he comes? Are you going to be ready? And for, uh, and, and for those of us who you guys are heavy burden, you got so much going on. You got so many problems. You just like, man, I, I just don't know what to do. Jesus say, come to me, bring all that heavy burden that you can't bring that heavy burden to me that you carry all of that. Everything that you're dealing with, the depression, the anger, the fear, everything that you're dealing with, worrying. Jesus say, bring that stuff to me. I died so that you, Jesus say, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he say, I come that you may have life and life more abundantly. Do you realize that sickness is not of God? It's not of God. You could be dealing with an illness right now, like the late, like the lady who touched uh, the the hem on the Jesus garment. She touched his garment, and instantly she was healed. She had a link, though she had she was bleeding, been bleeding for years. Nobody could do anything. She said, "If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed." She touched his garment, and instantly she was healed. Jesus was in a crowd looking around. He said, "Wait a minute, who touched me?" And everybody in 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 the in the um, I'm paraphrasing it. The apostles was like, Lord, do you see all these people around here? Of course, somebody touching you. And he said, No, somebody touched me differently. How I felt power leave out of me. Who touched me? And the lady came forward and she said, It was me, Lord. And you know what he told her? He said, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go and be free. He touched, she just wanted to touch the hint. She said, if I could just touch his garment, I know I'll be healed. A lot of you guys, you might be dealing with a sickness and you think that it's all over. And Jesus say, no, it's not. Why is it not over? I'm alpha and I'm omega. I'm the beginning and I'm the end. It's not over until I say it's over. You know, I, I, you know, zero did a, a verse and he said, um, man, let me see if I can, if I can, if I can get this thing all the way right. How did he say it? He said, you could tie a noose around my note. You say you could tie a noose around my neck or, oh man, I can't get the, I can't get it verbatim. If you tie a noose around my neck or if you stab me or shoot me, if God ain't ready for me to go, you can't send me. He said, no matter what you do to me. If God said it's not my time, it ain't my time. And for those of you who struggling with sickness or things in your body, you thinking it's over, you thinking it's over. God say, you think it's over. But if you come to me, it ain't going to be over. Because I can bring it. I'm the omega. 
I'm the alpha and the omega. I can bring an end to your sickness and I'll be the alpha to begin to I'll be the alpha to begin your new life in me. Oh, man, man. I'm trying to tell y'all, man. I'm trying to tell y'all. Y'all dealing with things and God say, man, you dealing with that on your own. You ain't got to deal with that on your own. Come to me. That's why I sent my son. I sent my son to die for you. You were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. But because of me sending my son and my son laying down his life, dying on that cross. Now you have a right to eternal life. You can be saved right now. You can be saved right now in the things that you're dealing with. Let me come into your life. But that's why he's saying, let me come in, because it's got to be a freedom of choice. He's not going to force himself onto you. You have to make that decision yourself. If you want your life to be different, if you want meaning to your life, if you somebody who just feel like, man, I feel like I feel like, you know, me, I was somebody who felt like there was something that I was supposed to do that only I could do. It wasn't until I really got serious with my walk with God that I realized what it was. God left that space there in my life for him. This this he was like, this is my area because I have a work for you. Those of you who feel that way, the reason you feel that way is because God has a work for you. That's why. And the only way you're going to be able to find it, to find out what that work is, is to come home to the kingdom. Let him empower you. Let him strengthen you. Let him teach you. Let him build you up so you can go off and minister. You know, this morning I was reading a scripture where Christ said in uh, what Christ said. You know, I, I did many works, but you'll be able to the works that I did. I'm paraphrasing. It, you'll be able to, to do those works and you'll be able to do even greater works. Why? Because Christ said, I'm going with my father. And if you ask anything in my name, you'll be able to do it. I'm telling you, man, it is a life. I mean, it's, it's not easy, but it's real rewarding. I'm telling you, let him set you free. Let him bring an end to all those things that you deal with, the depression, the anger, the hurt, the pain, the loneliness. Let him bring it all to him. And I promise you. It'll, you, your life by this time next year, your life will be totally different than what it is right now. Amen. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And just pray this simple little prayer. Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner in need of a savior. I ask you, Lord, come into my heart. Make me, shape me and mold me into the person who you've called me to be. I lay my life down. My life is now in your hands. Do with me as you wish. In the mighty name of Lord Jesus, I pray and I thank you. Amen. Guys, we're going to uh, believe that if you pray that simple prayer, you have transferred over from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And we believe that your name is now written in the Lamb's book of life. And you now have a spot in the kingdom. You now, your name is now written in the Lamb's book of life. So that also means you have an eternal place in New Jerusalem. When God returns, when Christ returns and he establishes new and New Jerusalem comes down out of the sky, you'll be with him. You'll be one of the ones walking around in the city that God and Christ themselves are walking around. And you'll have free access to God and Christ through all eternity.
Amen, guys. Welcome home, my brother. Welcome home, my sister. Now, we'll say this as I always do. Pray and ask God to send you to the to a good Bible-based church because everything that says church in this day and age is not church. Look at the seven churches in Revelation chapter 2 and 3. He had a different message for all seven. And out of all seven, only two of them got good reports. So pray and ask God to send you to the right church. And he'll do just that. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I truly do appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Next week, guys, we are going to go right into Revelation chapter 22, the final book, the final chapter in the book of Revelation. We've come a long way. We've been covering Revelation for over a year and we are finally done. Next week, we begin Revelation chapter 22, the final book in the in the book of Revelation. Amen. And then after that, guys, we are going right into the book of Daniel. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to we're not going to skip through the skip through the book. We're not going to pick different chapters of what we're going to read in the book. We're going to study the entire book of Daniel. Just as we broken down Revelation, we're going to study the entire book of Daniel. We're not going to skip through chapters. We're going to read the whole book. OK, because I feel because, as I said, to understand, you know, when it comes to Revelation, Daniel is very important to it. Uh, I believe uh, the book of Ezekiel, Isaiah. All of those, the old, the prophets in the Old Testament, they all have prophecies concerning Christ. And some of the prophecies are in time related. So what we're going to, after we finish uh, Revelation, we're going to go right into the book of Daniel. And then after the book of Daniel, then we'll go into Ezekiel. But I believe Daniel's going to probably carry us through the entire year just as we've done with revelation, but that's what we're going to do. That's the, that's the plan. And we're staying the course. So next week we're going to cover, we're going to finish off revelation with revelation chapter 22. And then after revelation 22, we're going right into the book of Daniel. We're going to start with Daniel chapter one. Amen. Amen. Guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, man. I love y'all guys, man. I love y'all. I do. I love y'all so much. Y'all all right. Y'all some good people. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you would like the video, share the video, man. And 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 and, and look, I'm going to say this. Go back and study over everything we discuss. Don't take my word for everything that I'm saying. Go back through your word. Go back through the words yourself and dig through the scriptures yourself to understand what it is that's truly being saying. Never take my word for everything. Always go back through the scriptures to see for yourself. Study the, the Bible says study to show yourself approved. So do that thing, man. Go back and study the word yourself. That's why I release these episodes on Monday so you guys can uh have all week to listen to the podcast and study through for the entire week. Study, take the whole week to study everything that I'm saying. Okay. You guys do that for me, please. I greatly appreciate it. I love you guys. You guys have a blessed week. As I always say, pray the Lord's Prayer. And pray the armor of God prayer before you and your family walk out of that door every single morning because we living in some perilous times, man. We see what happened with the young man, Tyree, uh, Tyree Nichols and his family, man. I, I, let's just, if you would, let's continue to pray for that family, y'all, because this that was just so tragic. But because of that, that's why I'm telling you guys, and not just that, for any other thing, 
always pray the arm, pray the Lord's prayer. You and your family before y'all leave, pray the Lord's prayer. Pray the armor of God's armor of God prayer so you and your family will be protected from the wiles and the tricks of the devil. So everybody can return home safe and sound, protected from the enemy. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. Please be safe out there. And I'll see you here next week with another episode of the Last Things Podcast, where we are on a journey to truth. Love you guys. Be blessed. <laughs>